0: Good morning. Well, well, well. Back in the saddle. So sorry, everyone. But you know what? Joe Peacock. Joe P. Peacock. 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 Overthrow me. Okay. I mean, did you listen to the episode? Uh, I did listen to the episode. Did you like it? And I loved it. You know, you and Joe are quite the talented co-hosts. And so I actually think that I have to nip this in the bud and You know, maybe potentially banish him from the podcast because I can't have this relationship and banter flourishing and people asking for more and more. Honestly, Lauren, um, you know, I just can't let you get too comfortable. So this had to happen. (laughs) And I'm sorry that I had to do it while you were on your honeymoon. But, you know, sometimes, you know, you got to smack the hammer down. You know, sometimes I think I'm strategic playing the long game. Meanwhile, Chandler's playing fifth dimensional chess, wishing me a wonderful honeymoon as she puts me in her place, putting out a banger over an episode without me. Send me pics. Enjoy. Have the best (laughs) time. Tell and I say hi. And then I'm like, Joe, are you ready? Are we logging on? (laughs) You might not want to listen to this episode until you're back. Don't want to, you know, don't want to spoil the mood (laughs) by how much you are not needed. Lauren, if anything, Joe actually maybe feels like you, you know, you're avoiding him. I feel like we need an episode with the three of us. I would love nothing more, if anything, um, so that I can edit it after and take out all of his jokes and make myself seem much more witty (laughs) and like I add much more value to this broadcast. I mean, I don't know if that's possible. I think Joe Peacock is probably funnier than the both of us combined. But, you know, that's absolutely the case. Got to have something to strive for. You know, I will say, Chandler, it feels really good to be back. I'm so happy to be here with you. Yeah. Well, great. Great. I mean, I genuinely relished my time away and unplugging completely, but I have missed everyone and I have missed jumping on and chatting about all the latest goings on with you and having my voice heard. You know, I took a unisom last night, so I don't know that I am quite as ready to be back in the saddle as you, um, and I slept for a delightful nine hours, um, nice. and I'm still a little groggy, but I'm so happy that you're here and you're ready for it because, great, this means you can carry the episode. I'm ready to be back in the saddle with you leading the way. Here's what I will say. Megan Markle says, women don't need to find their voice. They already oh, yeah. have a voice, and they need to use it. I mean, hello, hallelujah. That's literally what we're doing on Pop Apologists. Literally, giving a voice to two women who honestly had no problem using their voice before. <laughs> correct. <laughs> for better, or absolutely for worse. correct. Yes. Wow, I love that you you're quoting her. I I actually am very excited to talk to you about this series. Yes. Because I am too. there's just a lot to chat about. Before we get to it, I think I want to do some housekeeping. Okay. Some light housekeeping. Okay. Please. Are you good with that? I'm so good with that. Okay. A few things to announce. One, you guys, we made a grave error. We launched the tennis bracelet giveaway without really having the foresight to realize that I would be checked out for six weeks or two weeks or however long it was three weeks and not able to manage it and really not able to promote it and so we are giving ourselves the grace of extending this giveaway so the tennis bracelet giveaway we are going to basically relaunch it in January and it'll end at the end of January that way you know we can try, try on, to be honest, get our bang for our buck um, and also give people the opportunity to enter because we have literally said nothing about it and not reminded anyone about it. Yeah. People have still been entering though. When I was kind of monitoring the channel, as they say, Mm -hmm. uh, people were still entering, but yeah, we could, you know, I think it would be good to give people a little bit more time. Yes. And if you have entered, of course, your entry still counts and you can enter again. So you just got a head start on everyone else. And um, apologies for changing the game as we go. But you know what? This is not the Olympics. This is not the Invictus Games. This is really just a giveaway of our own making. We're learning as we're going, as we're, we're you know building the plane as we fly it, as they like to say in the ad industry. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I love that metaphor because that's actually, isn't that exactly what you don't want to be doing? Building a plane yeah. as you're flying oh, do you it. I think that creates a really nice work environment, Lauren, to be building a <laughs> plane as you're flying it. Uh, that sounds absolutely terrifying. <laughs> to be clear, that was a phrase at my old job. Let me just, you know, set the record straight. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah. Mark Zuckerberg was listening and considering you for he layoff was. number two, but oh, I think you spared given that disclaimer. <laughs> thank goodness. Oh, don't even say that. You never know. People uh, never have been know. so curious about like how the layoffs went and everything. But I think I already said that I didn't get laid off, right? I already mentioned yeah, I that. Yeah, I think you did reveal that. Well, do you want to talk more about the economic downturn? Absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> okay. I'm good. I'm good. I'm only halfway through there. my latte and I'm good to just leave it at You know what I'm like so ready to stop hearing about is people like Mega billionaires advice to everyone to buckle down for like the Great Depression we're about to enter or like this serious recession. Like I Mm -hmm, saw Jeff Bezos mm -hmm. being like, You're thinking about that new TV. Maybe don't buy it. Maybe wait on that. Maybe keep more cash in the bank. And I'm like, and Elon Musk, you know, all these mega billionaires giving us plebeians, like just horrible, Mm -hmm. horrible but very sensible advice on what a perilous 2023 are about to enter. And let's just say I'm pop apologists. That's not our vibe. I mean, <laughs> you got me on following the Lauren Swan Sanchez train. <laughs> is that her name? What's her name? Is it I feel like she's got a Swan. Her name is Lauren Sanchez. I don't know where the Swan came in. Is that is that on her handle though? Isn't there like something in her I handle? I don't think it's, it's swan? Lauren Swan Sanchez. I could be like scrambling my letters. For those new to the podcast, Lauren Sanchez is Jeff Bezos's girlfriend. They are Constantly ensconced in love on Instagram. This is the woman he left Mackenzie for. And she famously made popular enlarged lips um, mm-hmm. back in the day. She was one of the first. So, anyway, highly recommend checking out her feed if you want to watch her parting with the Kardashians and baking cookies with Jeff Bezos and, you know, in meetings with world leaders. I love it when she posts, like, the whatever apartment they stay in, the Overlook Central Park. And she's just, like, the best city in the entire world. And she has, like, this literally, like, (laughs) Central Park, like, sweeping view. And I'm just like, I want to, like, I don't know. It makes me want to burn New York City to the ground, (laughs) even though I love it. My favorite is when she's like, today I met with, you know, the president of Zimbabwe to talk about how Bezos Earth Fund can galvanize, I don't know, just, it's just, like, the way she has stepped from TV news anchor/slash helicopter girl, married to like a very rich sportsman, to elite philanthropist, very much all on Meghan Markle. In terms I mean, of, I was just you know, going to say in the brand. Let's just let's get to the matter at hand. Okay, so we're moving Living. on from a live. girl. I think we're, we're moving on from a live girl, and just to be clear. She has a W in the middle of her handle. So it's Lauren W. Sanchez, which I think my dyslexia, you know, mm. spelled backwards, S-W, swan. She's kind of has look has swan-like appearance. Anyways. Oh, Chandler, thank you so much on. for clarifying that because people were thinking I just you had to. were really dumb. Yeah. I know. I know. I was thinking I was really dumb. Okay. So before we get into this, Chandler, I want to play a song for you. It's going to be a brief 25 seconds. Okay. You ready for this? a mighty change of heart has brought me here today and if i play my part i'll know just what to say is this so an anthony song I open up my mouth and start to bring to pass a mighty change of I feel like that's a beautiful, beautiful um, prelude to the meeting we're about to hold to discuss the Meghan Markle and Harry documentary on Netflix and potentially the attitude of contrition with which we approach our commentary. Wow. Wow, Lauren. (laughs) Thank you for that. Thank you for bringing a reverent spirit into this podcast today. I appreciate it. Well, Chandler, as I was, you know, Given the gift of this visual diary of two people who found each other, who fell in love, who battled the British monarchy, and whose love won. Okay? Love Mm -hmm. wins, Chandler. Okay. I have so many things to say about that particular phrase. I just want to say, before I allow you to speak, that are we not coming to this episode with a little bit of... A mighty change of heart in terms, given the light of our past tone of mockery and derision? I would say I've had a 50% change of heart. Okay. I don't know how mighty okay. that is because okay. to be honest, <laughs> she lost me in the last five minutes of episode six. Oh, she did? She lost me again. I was there. I was riding with her and then she lost me. Okay. okay let's. Well, let me, do let you me, want to start can with just her say losing one thing? You? Do you want to start at the no. end? well, she 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 I was lost and found the whole way through the series. Let, let me be honest with you. <laughs> I was fumbling around in the dark, trying to figure out if I liked her, if I didn't like her, if you know, there was something within me that needed to change so that I could like her. And so that was kind of like that was my state of mind watching it. What I want mm-hmm. to say though, about love wins, okay, and I said this to Ben last night as we were, you know, watching the rest of the series. You know, she was once again returning to this theme of, you know, love wins. And that's how her and her friend would text back and forth. You know, that's how <laughs> they'd end all their texting conversations with love wins. <sighs> I don't want to yell because I think there are children asleep close by, but can we just leave something for the gays? Okay. <laughs> love wins is for the gays. Okay. Not two straight women texting each other about what's going on in their life. Love wins. Let me say it again. Love wins is for the gays. I, you know, I didn't know that that was an LGBTQIA slogan. Um, I wasn't aware of that, but thank you for enlightening me. I don't know that it was like originated. I'm not sure of its origin story, Lauren, but what I can say is that it was co-opted and popularized, I think during, uh, you know, lots of legislation surrounding gay marriage. Mm, and okay. I feel like we've all seen wedding photos of people, you know, who are gay posting love wins like we've all seen that yeah it's it's true but don't you think Chandler that the histories the millennia that human beings who just genuinely loved people of the same sex and were forced to hide that love feel ashamed for that love go into serious mental health crises for that love hate yeah. themselves not have families be with the wrong people yeah. destroy other people's lives by You're painting a picture to be where are we straight. going with this I'm just trying to say, don't you think that pales in comparison to the fight mm. that Meghan Markle and Prince Harry had to wage, the war they had to wage to get to their multi-million dollar sprawling home in Montecito? Honestly, you're exactly right. I don't know what it's like <laughs> to have to bounce from, you know, mansion in the UK to mansion in Vancouver Island to mansion in Santa Barbara you know, to finally mansion in Montecito. I don't know what that's like. And I, I can't say that I ever will. So yeah, who am exactly I, judge, to throw the first stone? <laughs> Chandler, seriously. Oh, my gosh. I Thank you so much for, thank you for revising and quickly backpedaling. <laughs> we don't know what it's like to bounce from mansion to mansion, to, from security team to other people's security teams, to finally, you know, finding one's voice with, with Oprah while you're feeding your chickens. Um, okay. No, I agree. I agree. The problem with Meghan Markle. Wait, I just want to, I want to, I want to double click on one thing really quick. Oh, okay. Don't you think it's weird that she said her and her friend would text back and forth and always sign things off with love wins? Like, is that not like so bizarre? I was one sentence away from responding. Okay. Okay. So the problem with it is that she's, even in spite of all of her virtues, her delivery is so cloying and saccharine that it, it doesn't read as completely sincere or even if it is sincere, it's just a little like reviling. It's not, you know, it's not like you totally buy into it. And I think that, yeah. yes, being like, oh, we text back and forth and we always end our text with love wins. My question was, is this every text ends no, with love wins? that's what said. Where it's like, what do you want from sweet green? Oh, I want love like wins. the <laughs> I want the harvest bowl, love wins. Like and a Spindrift, love wins. Like- <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely had a two-minute like mental debate over whether it was like, "Hey, how are you, What are you guys up to? Can we come <laughs> see you on 11? Love wins. Oh, we're a little busy this morning. We are teaching, you know, we're teaching Archie about the difference between homeless people and people being homes. <laughs> Un-housed. Yeah, we're packing uh-huh. backpacks filled with, you know, shitty food to deliver to the homeless <laughs> with Archie with the nannies. Love wins. Anyway. I came to the conclusion internally that this is a post each exchange end off mm. sign off. I guess like, a, like a, it's a signature. It's a signature at the end of each chain of each thread. Okay. Um. Even so, that's seriously weird as fuck. Um, it's not so to the bring it down. <laughs> it's so bizarre. Also, it's like I don't know. Maybe that's like one thing with your significant other. I'm just gonna text Ben. Love wins right now and see what happens. Who think he's in a meeting. Like it's so bizarre to just like send that to like your girlfriend. Not yeah. not because I think there's like something romantic between the two of them, but it's just like it's just like an odd, not casual way to talk. I think that that is one of the key issues that Harry and Meghan are going to face as they attempt to really maintain the lifestyle l- the lifestyle that they're living, right? Because mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. these people are hemorrhaging cash for sure. For sure. For sure with their lifestyle. And I think that the problem there is it's a very like sanitized banal way of speaking and chatting and it's basically boring and that's not what people want. Like, and I'm just going to cut to this. There's a new Netflix series that they've come out with, Live to Lead. Uh, Have you seen the trailer for this Chandler? Yes. 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 When I first heard the story, they have a new Netflix series, I thought, thank God, okay? Because I want more of what I just saw, but Mm -hmm. less about, you know, the consternation and troubles with Wills and King Charles and more about, I want a world-class cinematographer to be video live streaming their lives in almost like a visual ASMR display. Yep. Yeah. For all of us, like National Geographic, but instead it's like just Harry and Megan living in Montecito in their yeah. cozy cashmere in that beautiful kitchen, the light streaming through. I want to be able to click on that and just let my mind rest upon this scene of love winning. But no, instead it's like sanctimonious stories of great figures of our time. And to be totally honest. I hate myself for saying this, and it betrays a lack of character and interest, but it sounds kind of boring. So yes, agree to all that. <laughs> <Okay>. it's, <laughs> um, Honestly, it's, it's not going to be a show I turn on for the same reason Archetypes isn't a podcast I want to listen to ever. I mean, Chandler, here's a question. Do other people want to be better people more than us? Or do yeah, we represent- 100%. Hundred percent. No. Okay. So maybe 100%. this won't pan. The show will actually do well or won't flop. But I actually, I'm going to disagree with you. I think that most people, they only have a limited amount of attention for like feel good content. Right. Well, it's not even feel good t- content. It's not a Hallmark movie. It's like it's 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 some type of you know self betterment self-improvement type of material. And I just don't think that's what people turn to Netflix for. Honestly, you know what they need Chandler? This is what they need. Okay. What? Cause clearly there's a big issue in terms of producing and creating these shows. Um, she already had her cartoon about like, you know, a girl being brave or whatever, get canceled. I think it was like called Pearl or something. What they need is mm-hmm. a hybrid of the simple life with charity work, where basically yeah. we will just follow Harry and Meghan as they engage in heartwarming charity work. Because the scene of her doing the cookbook with those women who were, par- who were part of that fire, that tragedy, like the scene of that, I was wrapped by. Like I was so oh, yeah. like heartworn by it, inspired by it. She had me in her palm in that scene. A hundred percent, and I would absolutely watch her and Harry, especially her, to be totally honest, I don't find him as riveting to watch, but I would totally watch a show of her going around the world and basically Angelina Jolie style, like circa 2005, meeting with refugees, you know, wearing the headscarf, living in the tent, um, Mm -hmm. doing the things. That would be riveting for me to watch, especially with some beautiful nature scenes. But I don't want to watch a docuseries, like basically a docuseries about history with her and Harry against a white screen, giving like bland platitudes. Right. That's what it is. I, I just don't need history through the lens of Meghan and Harry. Here's my take. I think they're great people. I'm gonna say, I think they're great people. I just don't think they're super interesting people. And so yeah. I don't know that I'm like super stoked for their commentary on really anything. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I don't need I don't need their spin on like, you know, talking about important historical leaders. And I think that, yeah, I completely agree that if it was just more, you know, let's see you two actually interacting with people because that is when I really loved the show. Like I love the scenes of them going to the military base and chatting with people there. Like, I think that's like one of Harry's superpowers is how Mm -hmm. natural he is, you know, in, in greeting people and talking to people. He just is so charming. And, and, and they talk about this, but like, he's just like Philip and you know, he could just like make people feel at ease, you know, Mm -hmm. when he was around them. And so I think that's one of his superpowers loved watching that. And then I think Megan is also very warm and charming in person. Extremely empathetic. Extremely, extremely empathetic. Warm. None of that came across as contrived for me. No, no, not at all. And that's, so that's like, it was in those moments where I'm like, I think she actually is this person. I don't think she's putting on a show. I just right. think she's missing the Markle, the Mark or the Markle, you could say, <laughs> with how she's marketing it and and what she's choosing to package up and sell to people. Because the reality is, is that if they want to continue having programming that's successful, they need to make it entertaining. And what is coming down the pipe is, for me, the opposite of entertainment. Yes, yes. I wouldn't even say that this six-episode series was entertaining. Yes, correct. And I think that there needs to be more like, oh my gosh, Megan went to this place and it was the I don't know there there has to be a little drama. There needs to right. be a lot of them and they basically need to have a reality show about their lives that's focused on doing good things, but that does have humor that does show the you know the full sides of their humanity. So that's my note to Netflix. Can I talk to you about a product that you love, that Courtney loves and that I love? Please, Early Bird CBD gummies Harry and Meghan obviously want the you know the British press to you know make amends, apologize, you know leave them alone, et cetera, et cetera. But they still want to you know be in American media, and they still want to control the narrative. I'll say, and mm-hmm. they still want to publish this extremely, extremely polished version of themselves. Like I just don't think the world has the appetite for it. So I just think. I'm gonna disagree with you here, and this is maybe why I started out this song with the be- with this this episode with the beautiful song "A Mighty Change of Heart." Okay, I think that if you were maligned and mischaracterized and felt deeply misunderstood, and people thought really ill of you, I think the need to feel understood and to tell your story and to be portrayed in a way that you felt ranked true to who you actually were, I think that's a deep human need, and so sure. I. Have empathy for the fact that that's what they wanted to do, and I don't see it as this thing of they came to the U.S. because they wanted privacy. I think they came to the U.S. because they wanted to get away from the British media and its abuse. That's the difference. I don't think that they came here because they wanted total and complete seclusion. You know, all la. Well, I didn't say alone. I didn't on say they Netflix wanted privacy. I didn't say that. I just think that they still want to have a large degree of control over their narrative mm. and they still want to put forward content that makes them honestly just extremely saccharine and like polished and, and honestly, it's almost like Royal like in that way. Yes, but okay. It's also very California Royal, like lots yeah, of totally. It's not really Royal. And I thought that was an interesting not, thing that she said, like how the formality extended inside like amongst them privately. Yeah. And that would be pretty exhausting to live with. Oh, no. I mean, I I, I would completely flounder in that situation. I would be terrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the idea that like, I think there's no worse feeling than feeling like you are too much for someone or for a situation. That somehow your mm-hmm. you know, normal state of existing, of chatting, of just being a person who's at ease is somehow over the top like i think mm-hmm. that is just a really isolating and sad feeling and to to feel like you need to dim down yourself or subdue your own whatever per- sense of self would be excruciating so i obviously have empathy for her in that way because i i i can understand that i've felt that way at times or you know felt shreds of that feeling so i that's that's really where i i feel like i turned a corner with you know with being lost and found by her when i was like i get it like i do feel like that would that would make me want to stop existing like i think if you if you felt that feeling for long enough that you, where you just like were unwanted and you were just somehow such a misfit like that would make you completely spiral mentally yeah me- megan absolutely made me feel a ton more empathy for her with this series than i ever have before yeah and I think, though, the one thing Chandler that they could have done better, and this is where I think the documentary, the docu-series really failed for me, even though I, I don't consider it a failure, but this is one of the fails. They should have s- expressed some culpability. They should have been like, we got too obsessed with how we were being portrayed. We let it get to us. Like, Because here's the thing. I was just a bride, right? And like before when I would read coverage of her as a bride and how she was a bridezilla, I was like, wow, she is such like a bitch on some level. Um, And now after having gone through that experience, I can't imagine going through that and also having like the weight of the world watching and also feeling like semi-bullied within trying to do it within like the institution. That would have turned me into a mega, mega bitch. Mm -hmm, And so I have mm -hmm. a lot of empathy for that. And I think that they could have said here are some of the things we did incorrectly. But I think it was because their portrayal of themselves was so perfect and how they were, you know, there was no culpability. And she should have said, you know, I have a very hard work ethic. I work really hard. And that came off too strong to the staff and there Mm -hmm. became friction. And I realized now I should have, you know, like there should have been more introspection and them saying how they could have done better to make that integration more seamless. They made zero concessions across the series. Right. So I was speaking with a friend this weekend and she brought up a good point. And basically, you know, Megan paints this picture of herself as an actress, obviously, but also this, you know, global entity, this global ambassador, you know, someone who's like championing activism, um, you know, who seems to be very worldly and learned right Mm -hmm. but then she also wants to play the card of like but I didn't know you had to curtsy to the queen she also wants to play like girl next door relatable and I just like Mm. I just I just don't think those two things mesh very well Uh, yeah I it is interesting I don't know I'm not sure that I'm willing to like cast a stone at someone wanting to do good things as someone who focuses mainly on herself 100% of the time like it's hard to be like oh I'm not casting a stone. I'm just, I'm not casting a stone. I just think she wants to always play both sides of that coin. And so you just are left, or you're like, who is she? Like, so she's simultaneously, she doesn't even, you know, she was more focused on her activism than her acting career or whatever. But then she also like thinks some of these like rules and, you know, more established traditions are kind of stupid and silly. I don't know. I just feel like she wants to play relatable, but also unrelatable at the same time. I mean, she won't even, like, talk about how she watches TV. Like, do, you saw that that clip. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's just, Wait, was that's there a where she where loses she, she doesn't watch TV? She doesn't say I don't watch TV. Someone asked her, like, what do you and Harry like to watch on TV? And she was, like, she just, like, couldn't answer the question. She was just, like, had to make it a virtue signaling moment where she's, like, you know, we're just like other people. You know, we just kind of, like, you know, sit in bed and we play Wordle and, you know, them and usually then we just pass out. We rarely watch TV. It's just like, okay, we get it. Like yeah. it's just the capacity for virtue signaling that she possesses. I don't even think it's a, is, is a show. I think it's just literally who she is. Yeah, well, that's the question though. Is it a show or is she this completely wholesome, like a very virtuous, this person very much interested in a life of refinement? So this is my theory. Uh, I think that this is who she's always been. I think watching all those early clips of her growing up And just the way she spoke when she was younger. I think she's always been a a degree of uh, self-righteous and sanctimonious. And I think this is just who she's been. And, you know, some people love that. Um, She kind of reminds me of some of my friends who are in pageants a little bit. Okay. And just like the way every time she speaks, it's just like a degree performative, you know? Mm. I did not find her to be super performative on this show um or throughout the series really really yeah i i did it she seemed pretty honest to me but i also but i think this is who she is yeah i yeah i mean yeah i guess where i see where you're going like is it still performative i don't know at the end of the day she's just maybe not someone i want to hang out with did her referring to him as h bother you at all did that feel weird to you am, am i just like hypercritical? Which which i very well could be okay so I saw your Instagram story when you were like, I don't like that. This is where it doesn't ring true for me, referring to him as H. And I agree with you. Phonetically, that does not roll off the tongue easily. H is a, almost like a difficult letter to say. I posted something where someone was like, one of our great listeners was like, there, there are you know, standalone letters that you can use as nicknames that work, and then there are ones that don't. And, and, that, and H does not work here's what I and I agreed with you when I saw that I was totally convinced the problem is is in the documentary a bunch of the friends and Doria sweet sweet Doria was referring to him as H as well and so then that made me think like if everyone else called him Harry but then she called him H -hmm. then there's a part of me would be like yeah this is like some weird show we're put on but I guess if everyone else is calling him that too it's hard to imagine that it's really so unnatural and really so contrived yes I don't know. I just don't yeah. I think that our small misalignment watching this is that I think that I have a dose of Meghan Markle inside of me and you don't, in terms of I can be pretentious, I can be yes. kind of annoying, I yeah. can I can go on my social media cleanses, I can go on my, you know, right. my journeys of trying to be a very virtuous person. And I think that mm-hmm. you are someone who is Completely relatable, and you don't share the same delusions of like grandeur sometimes as I do. And I de- yeah. use the word delusion sincerely. You know, like I kind of just like I kind of get where she's coming from because I get in that space myself. I honestly a feel like you and Megan were maybe similar teenagers. No offense. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. um Mine, mine was centered less around like serving other people, though. It's more about like being smarter than other people. <laughs> yeah, that's <was> exactly <laughs> what I was gonna say. Um, Okay, let's talk about, though, how in her yearbook, how in the yearbook where she wrote to her teacher, she said, when I'm rich and famous someday, I will like, you know, come to the school or I I forget what it was. Mm -hmm. But I thought that was interesting that she has had these ambitions to be very rich and very famous, you know, from very early on. I don't know. That just stuck out to me as just, like, classic high schooler, you know? Yeah. One day rich and famous one day where it's just like, you know, the world can be anything I want it to be. Um, That didn't... Right. I don't think that... I don't think that Megan has been plotting. Mm. Okay. So now that we've read the Tom Bauer book or I have the revenge book, um, Mm -hmm. we've read a lot about what Tina Brown has to say. I read uh, Finding Freedom, the book put mm-hmm. out by Meghan Markle unofficially and Harry. Um, I feel like we've have, we have covered the cut article. We've really done our due diligence here in a lot of ways. Do you think, okay, that Meghan Markle is the Machiavellian strategic mercenary social climber you know willing to cut ties, step over people, use and disregard people. Do you think she's that person? And do you think that she was trying to essentially get with the the richest man she could find, the hottest richest man she could find, the most powerful? Or do you think that she more was just kind of a normal ambitious girl working in Hollywood? I think it's closer to the latter. I don't think that she was like Scheming to meet Prince Harry. I think he's such a celebrity who, frankly, I feel like it's just kind of untouchable. Like it's not like you can be like, Can you set me up with Prince Harry to like, you know, your celebrity friend? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like he's just like leagues above that. He's not on Raya or whatever. <laughs> For sure. I think that she was just, you know, an activist and an actress who fell in love with a prince. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not gonna say that the prince part wasn't a selling factor because, you know, I think we'd be oh, dumb. It would be to all of us. Yeah. To all of us. Um, but I think after watching the documentary, especially those first few episodes, I really do believe in their love, you know? And I think, I think Harry is maybe attracted to the things that maybe annoy us about her, you know? Absolutely. Cause it's very clear that he has like a real interest in philanthropy, a real interest in conservation, the environment and doing good. Um, I also think, to be fair, when you're not in the business of trying to build your own life, right? When when you are oh, born right. into a family where the life is built and mm-hmm. then you're in a place where you are going to soup kitchens, you are doing acts of service, that's a very enriching world. Like as an empathetic human, you would have to almost be a sociopath to not develop a serious interest in philanthropy, given all those opportunities. I tell you what, if I was born super rich, okay, or if I was born at least, you know, like- I knew I didn't have to worry about money ever, I would Mm -hmm. be, I would nosedive into, you know, environmental causes. Like I would lose myself just completely, you know, trying to make the world a better place because all of my needs were met. So it was just like, how could I help other people? Actually, really, it's just beyond falling in love. Like that is literally the most enriching life experience. Exactly. Absolutely. That that's where you could find true fulfillment meaning, and true like meaning and, you know, and, and really like become like a soulful person in that way. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that unfortunately, the majority of people like ourselves are, you know, we, we, we have to like keep the day to day, you know, lights on. And so right, it's just like harder right. to get caught up in philanthropy. Yes, Chandler, exactly. So I can understand like how they are so focused on making the world a better place, um, especially yeah. him and how that mutual interest like really provided such a foundation for their love story. Right. Um, can I ask you a question, Lauren? And I want you to answer this honestly. Yes. Were you turned on by the scenes of him, you know, in military garb running to the helicopter? You know, that's a great question because I do love a red blooded American man in a uniform. Um, I do have a thing for that, Mm -hmm. as you well know, which is why you teed up this question. Mm -hmm. And honestly no I was not and I think it was because I don't know for some reason H doesn't do it for me Um, really yeah I I don't know I'm sure he would if I actually met him he 100% does it for me really so that was hot for you yeah I mean I think I just I just his charm and his boyishness is so cute to me respectfully Ben and Megan Ben Manning and Megan Markle respectfully (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I just also I think like seeing him like, you know, just like in military garb being just like like everyone else, you know, I guess when I say everyone else, I mean like every other soldier out there. It was so cute to me. And I just he was also in the military for a long time. Yeah. Well, I will say seeing him, you know, really delight and relish just being with ordinary people after he's run with the world's elites. If that doesn't vindicate someone's character, I honestly don't know what would. Right, I and mean, because right. I don't see I don't see most people after they run in the poshest circles deciding that they want to spend their time like in the military. So, right. yeah, I, I I there is a charm to him. I don't know. My overall takeaway was not being turned on by Harry. I think I was just focusing on on other things. Let me be clear. I was not just like, you know, watching this from a cold shower. Thank you for saying that so I didn't have to. Uh, But there were some moments where I was, and I've always thought Harry was was charming and cute, but there were definitely moments where I was like, wow, I think, yeah, he's a catch. Oh, he absolutely is a catch. Lauren, the wall behind you, it's quite barren. What's going on there? (laughs) You know what? I find getting things framed to be very stressful. And so I've just never done it. I don't basically have anything framed in my home. And it's sad for me. It's very sad, which is why we are so lucky to be sponsored by Framebridge right now. Cute frames, beautiful, sleek, modern, so you can just hang your gallery wall, and it's good to go. They make it very easy on a layperson like yourself. Everyone, see why Framebridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or a local Framebridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything. That's framebridge.com. One thing that I thought really was the nail in the coffin for how they were treated by you know, the family, the royals mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. the way that they were deprived of security when they no longer wanted to, you know, be be basically completely controlled by them. Yeah. Um yeah. because for me, I think that if I had a child and that child was born because of my own choices into a family where they were of world interest and would be forever under security threat. That Mm -hmm. would just be a non-negotiable that that child for the rest of that child's life doesn't matter if they're Prince Andrew Mm -hmm. or if they are Prince Harry Um, doesn't matter. They would have security because they didn't ask to be, you know, in danger because of the person they were born. So I think the fact that Charles removed the security really for me, I think it was just very vindicating of their feeling of being mistreated by the family. Absolutely. I mean, it was very clearly a tactic to try to get them to come back or to, yes. you know, to to get them to bend to their will. Right. You know, like let's th- let's let's make sure you feel unsafe and see if that, you know, changes your tune. And it, it just makes it very clear that this family prizes the institution above the family role. Also very very eerie to hear about how the queen was like warm and wanted them to come mm-hmm. to. I think it was Sandringham said she was yeah. free all week. They get on a flight to go and they land and it's like nope, she's actually busy. She's busy and then and then she mm-hmm. she's like I guess I'm busy and then she's in that meeting that Megan wasn't even invited to. Yeah, and yep. Prince William is is I guess yelled or shouted at Prince Harry. Charles is furious and she doesn't say a word and it makes you realize right. I think how. This person really was a figurehead and not in control. Yeah, yeah. And I think as well, you know, the way that the royal family released that statement from Harry and William when there was, you know, any type of rift, but they would never release a statement or do anything, you know, to set the records straight with Meghan. Like, it's clear as day that they never cared about protecting her. And that honestly, you know, and that there I think there was a degree of she's so popular with the people. We're not going to do anything to help her. That caused, you know, I think other members of the royal family to not like her because the people liked her. Yeah, that's totally true. I believe the jealousy and the fear of her becoming the biggest star of the family was absolutely there Um, because I don't care if you're a Kate Middleton stan as so many people are. I love Kate Middleton. Her fashion is always on point. She's as genteel and decorous as they come. If we see the last the Christmas card that just came out, she's giving two thousand nine Talbots, but okay. moving along. Sometimes the fashion can be on point and breathtaking at times, at other times, you know, desperately conservative. But my point right. being is that Princess Kate does an imm- immaculate job. Um so my thing though is that I find that Megan has star power that Kate doesn't, because Megan is so She has that warmth energy. Yeah, similar to Diana. She's much more relatable in terms of the way I think that she conducts herself, her demeanor, her expressions, all of that. I feel like Megan's the type to be like, oh, I really like that scarf. Where'd you get it? You know, but I don't think Kate would ever say something like that to an ordinary person. Megan is just, I think, yeah, I think that there is an Americanness ness to the mm-hmm. way that she conducts herself and it doesn't right. have that frigid formality that yes, Kate has. Yes. Even though Kate does seem super sweet, hugs toddlers, all that stuff, there is just an inviting warmth to Megan that yeah. lends her that star power. And so I, I definitely think there was that jealousy issue, that fear of not having mm-hmm. another Diana. The other thing I will say though, is I think that The family was all too comfortable to allow Megan to take the fall, continuously be maligned, vilified in the press, so that maybe other members of the family, like William, when he had his affair allegedly, like Prince Andrew, okay, Mm -hmm. when those family members could take a back seat and not be necessarily um, given the bad press that was potentially very much deserved or definitely deserved in the case of Andrew. So yeah. I think it was also like, okay, she's our scapegoat, she's our sacrificial lamb. And as you know, you and I know what it's like to get negative feedback on this podcast mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. we work very hard on and we try our best on, like it really brings down our spirits. And the idea of every day having millions of people around the world read about what a terrible person you are right, and how right. everything you do the way you hold your baby bump the fact that you like avocados right like right. everything you do is seen as bad it just to me I can I can empathize so I don't know I feel like Mitt Romney here I'm such a flip-flopper um but really I do I do come here with a mighty change of heart on Haz and Meg okay so are you going to be watching Live to Lead Definitely not. Um, okay. It sounds super boring. Are you going to be boring. listening to archetypes anytime soon? I won't be listening to archetypes. Again, I will come back for their content when it suits my needs, which is soothing footage of cinematic Montecito, two people in love, mm-hmm. two dogs, two kids, many chickens, many sunsets. Wow. Beautiful. That's what Beautiful. I need from this couple. Um, the one thing I will say though, is I think there is a lot of truth to the criticisms. I do think it's weird that she didn't invite her Suits cast members to the actual wedding after party, that they only got to go to that ceremony at the castle, that they had to throw their own after party at like a local Mm -hmm. bar. I do think that there are murky waters when it comes to her first marriage. You know, no real explanation. Um, I do think that this person is not all perfect. And I guess- My other feedback is I think that it would have been better to portray a more holistic, realistic portrayal of Megan so that this came across as real as possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Make, Make a concession or two. Be actually relatable. Yeah. Say I got really frustrated and I, you know, wasn't my best moment. And like, even the way Harry said, I prioritize the institution over her and I hate myself for it. And I hate myself for the way I couldn't support her when she needed me. Like that is relatable. But from Mm -hmm. her, it was, there was nothing like that. And that, I know there are two sides to every story. And so again, I'm not willing to sit here and completely malign Kate and William, you know, who are under entirely different pressures than Harry and Meghan. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's, you know, the truth is in the middle. The virtue is the mean. How are they going to make money? It's such a good question. I'm stressed. Like, I'm stressed that they are in credit card debt or something like. For them financially? Yeah, I'm worried about them. Well, you know, there's a lot of talk that they're angling to get back into the family because of their financial needs. Right. So we'll see. I think that's yet to come. And I think that that will be its own quite visible drama to unfold. Because ultimately these overly PC banal productions are just going to flop. I'm sorry, right. I don't have the faith in humanity to think that my contemporaries are going to be chomping at the bit, you know, popping the popcorn, melting the butter for a live to lead. Well, I think, too, we've kind of already heard their story and their the, the trials that they've been through enough. Like, I'm just not interested in honestly hearing more renditions of this, which is why they need a Simple Life show version of that where they go into communities and they try to help in any way they can. Mm -hmm, And also mm -hmm. I will say that watching Live to Lead, like for me as just a lay person without a huge amount of money, without a huge amount of power or influence, it's very like, this is great to hear about how Nelson Mandela did what he did, but I'm literally Lauren in Puerto Rico. Like (laughs) it's not that inspiring in terms of like how I can help. And I think that their goal should be like, okay, this is how everyday people can help their communities. And we're going to go into different communities. Maybe they could lead a series of corporate retreats, you know, I think that'd be awesome. Just like set up camp at a really nice resort somewhere. And then corporations could pay to have, Megan and Harry talk to them about being, you know, good people. Can I tell you what? Honestly, we all want scrap what? my entire, you know, do gooder, do gooder docu series. We just want the tick back. We want fashion tips. Oh yeah. We right, want right. affiliate links. We want yeah. photos. We want a YouTube mini series of Megan mm-hmm. making, you know, some zucchini sort of zucchini muffins. Oh right! In that kitchen with the dogs roaming through. We want Hailey Bieber in her bathroom. We want that, but for Meghan Markle. We yep. need the content. And right now the content is just not what the people want. It might be what they need, but it's definitely not what they want. It's not it's what not they're going to tune into. Okay. That's my, those are my thoughts. Okay. I love it. I love it. we well, uh yeah. Can't wait to see what they do next and to probably watch it, even though I said I wasn't going to watch it. Oh, we are going to be... I mean, we're not going to watch Live to Lead. So you guys, don't don't worry. We're not going to be covering that. Um, but yeah, it'll be exciting to see how this unfolds. I did pre-order Harry's book. Okay. So I will be trying to mine that for the juicy details for everyone. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, I hope this episode has not been too serious, um, too analytical. Were, were there enough chuckles for people, Chandler? Or do you think we're in trouble? I, I, I would hope so. I don't know. I hope so. This week on the Patreon, you guys, let's move to self-promotion. This week on the Patreon, we are going to have part one of my wedding recap. So if you want to hear me and Chandler discuss in detail the wedding weekend, I'm also going to put some Patreon-exclusive photos. I'm waiting for all my photos to get back to actually post on my regular feed. So if you want to see some pics and get the full breakdown, part one is up this Friday and then part two will be up next Friday. Um, So you can join the Patreon at the link in the show notes. And then, yeah, I think that that probably is it for now. Thank you guys so much. We hope you have an amazing Christmas season. And next week we are going to be coming to you with a very special Bledsoe family Christmas episode. So get excited for that. Yes. Get excited. That will be on the regular show on Apple Podcasts next Wednesday will be a Bledsoe family Christmas program for y'all. Yes. Can't wait for it. Okay. All right. Love you guys. Bye. Bye.